In our day, there's been a great focus on human achievement. And many people believe that all humans are basically good. And we've been taught that we can accomplish anything we set our minds to do. We can take charge of our own destiny and determine our own future. But as believers, we need to ask ourselves some very important questions. What does the Bible teach? Is this how God expects us to live? And is there a difference between the world's view of itself and God's view? How we answer these questions will have a profound effect on how we live our lives. I would go even further to say that how we see ourselves and our ability will impact drastically how we live our Christian life. And in this message, I want to take a moment to consider what the Bible has to teach us about our flesh, our heart, and our understanding. Now, there's nothing new that I'm going to say. We've heard these truths from our youth, but the challenge here is not to understand these truths intellectually, but to see their application to our Christian life and service. Let's begin our reflection with the testimony of the Apostle Paul. He was a man who was a wonderful example of godly living and intimacy with God. And he was powerfully used to advance his kingdom on this earth. But what did the apostle think of the flesh and its abilities? Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Now, the words of the apostle here are striking. I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. The words, I know, leave little room for doubt here in the mind of the apostle. Here was a man who was well-trained and a dedicated believer in Jesus Christ. He was a man who was willing to suffer and lay down his life for, for his Savior. He, he suffered more than many for the cause of the Lord. Many churches were established. The majority of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul, yet his testimony is this, nothing good dwells in my flesh. He was a man so close to God that he saw what many of us do not see, the absolute sinfulness of his flesh. And the closer he got to the Lord, the more he saw that reality, that every effort of his flesh, with its thoughts and his understandings, was stained with sin. And the more he grew in this relationship with God, the less he trusted his sinful flesh. Now, it's one thing to understand and accept the truth or this doctrine, but quite another to live out its reality in our daily lives. Understand here that the Apostle Paul was not the only saint to come to this conviction. 
Many years before Paul, Jeremiah the prophet made a similar declaration. Listen to his words in Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. The heart, that is the human heart, is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Notice a couple of details in this verse. The heart, says Jeremiah, is deceitful above all things. Now, this is a very strong statement. And Jeremiah tells us here that there is nothing so deceitful as the human heart. Proverbs picks this up when it says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Proverbs 14 and verse 12. A way that seems right to a man. But the end is the way of death. How many marriages have been broken by the sinful passions of the heart? How many families have been destroyed because of the pursuit of the heart's confused desires and passions? How many times have the passions of the heart entrapped many into addictions and violence and brokenness? Following the unrestrained desires of the heart will only lead to death and brokenness and destruction. Consider this for a moment. What is the source of the violent crimes we read about in our news? And when you think about the terrible atrocities of history, what is their source? Don't they all begin in the sinful passions and desires of the human heart? How easy it is to blame God for the injustice around us. But the truth of the matter, however, is found in what Jeremiah tells us here, that the heart, the human heart, is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? The human heart is deceitful and desperately sick. If there is one thing we need to understand from the injustice and the tragedies that surround us in our world, it is that the, it is what the human heart is capable of doing. The words desperately sick used by Jeremiah here can also be translated incurable. In other words, the human heart cannot be healed. The sickness of the human heart is so desperate that it cannot be changed. The human heart cannot be fixed. That's why we need a new heart. And God is willing to do that for you and me today. Now, many of us have grown up hearing this truth and believing it as a doctrine but never really understanding its implications for our spiritual lives. We teach that the flesh is sinful, but we still trust its wisdom and insight. We still rely upon our fleshly strength to do the work of the kingdom. But Jeremiah, who told us that the human heart was deceitful and desperately wicked, goes on in this same passage to show us what trusting that sinful heart and sinful human nature is like. In Jeremiah 17, verses 5 and 6, this is what he says. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart turns away from the Lord, 
He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Think about what the prophet is telling us here. The person who trusts in man and makes the flesh his strength is cursed. Thus says the Lord. And the person who trusts in man and makes the flesh his strength is described as as one who who is like a shrub in the desert, not seeing any good come to him, dwelling in a parched place in, in an uninhabited salt land. Jeremiah the prophet states that anyone who trusts in his or her flesh, its strength, its impulses, its reasoning, will only experience barrenness. Your spiritual life will be like a shrub in the desert. The flesh will not feed your soul. If you trust in the flesh, you will not prosper. The blessing of the Christian life is not found in the flesh. Your life will be as barren as a desert if you are trusting in your flesh to nourish it. Your ministry will be as fruitless as a plant in a salt land. There is no spiritual life and blessing to be found in the flesh. Now, to be honest, there was a time in my life when those words of Jeremiah perfectly described my spiritual life. It was a life of human effort and wisdom. It was a life that was not experiencing the victory and power of the Lord. It it, it was not a life of intimacy with God. And as long as I am drawing from the flesh, this will be my experience. So we see that Paul tells us that there is no good thing in his flesh. And Jeremiah tells us that the heart is deceitful and desperately sick. And he also prophesies a curse on anyone who trusts in the flesh and human strength. Now let's turn to the book of Proverbs. And in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, we have a direct command from Scripture. Listen to what Proverbs 3, 5 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Now, the words of Proverbs 3 and verse 5 are extremely clear. These words continue to strike me so powerfully. Do not lean on your own understanding. In light of the fact that there is nothing good in the flesh, in light of the fact that our hearts are deceitful and desperately sick, in light of the fact that a curse falls on all who trust in the in the flesh, we are commanded not to lean on our fleshly understanding. We are to not to make our own understanding the basis for our decisions. The way that seems right to us may in fact be the path that leads to destruction. We dare not rely on the sinful flesh and its understanding to be our guide. Now, the test of what we truly believe is in what we do and how we live. And if I believe the scriptures tell me that the heart, the human heart, is desperately deceitful and sick, 
And, and then I will demonstrate this in how I make my decisions. I will actually distrust my own reasoning and, and seek instead the wisdom and the insights and the leading of the Lord. I will trust more in the promises of his word than in my own wisdom and understanding. I will rely not on my education to accomplish the work of the kingdom, but the power of God's spirit who is in me. And if we truly believe the words of Paul and Jeremiah and the writer to the Hebrews, this will change how we do our church business. Instead of seeking our own way, I will be seeking the purpose of the Lord. I have often been amazed at how the early church does, did their business. In, instead of endless discussion and human wisdom, they got to their knees and they prayed. And very often the Lord would reveal to them his purpose in those times of prayer. The problem is that we have very little expectation of God to lead us, though he has promised to do so. We have more confidence in what we can understand in the flesh than in the leading and direction of the Spirit of God in our lives. And what an insult that must be to the Lord God. He has placed His Spirit in us to be our guide, but we have chosen instead to listen to the flesh. A great preacher once said, it used to be that when we were looking for a pastor, we would ask the question, does the fire of the Spirit burn in his bones? Now we ask, where has he been educated? Doesn't that show us something of, of where we have come and how we do the work of the kingdom? We focus on human ability and education. As important as those things might be, I am convinced that my education is no substitute for the work of God's Spirit. My understanding is no substitute for the wisdom of God. And if we are drawing from the flesh, how can we ever hope to advance the kingdom of God or expect His true blessing in our lives? As we go through life as believers, are we trusting our fleshly wisdom? Do we live each day trying to do the very best we can in our own understanding and in our own efforts? In the passage of, from Proverbs 3 we, that we read, after telling us that we are not to lean on our own understanding, the writer goes on and says this, In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Do you see what he's telling us in this passage? Instead of leaning on our own understanding, we need to acknowledge God. Now, how do we acknowledge God? We bring him into our decisions and our activities. We seek his wisdom and understanding, and we submit to him instead of to our own reasoning. Notice here that we are to acknowledge the Lord in all our ways, not just in the times when we don't know what to do, not just in the times when things are overwhelming, but in all things and everything. We are to recognize his lordship in every aspect of our lives and seek his purpose. 
That implies laying down our own ideas and dying to our own ideas. If we are to acknowledge him as Lord, we will seek his guidance and surrender to him and to his ways. Notice in these verses that the writer to the Proverbs tells us that we're not to be wise in our own understanding. In other words, we're not to, we're, we're to mistrust our own reasoning. We are to understand the deceitfulness of the heart. We are to accept that there is a way that seems right to us, but it leads to death. I've lived long enough to, to know that God's ways are not the same as mine. I, I've seen God do things in, that in my wildest imagination I, I could never have come up with. God's ways are different from our ways. And if we're to walk as he intends us to walk, we must learn to seek him, his guidance. Now notice finally in, in this passage in Proverbs 3, what he says here in verse 8. He challenges us first not to lean on our own understanding, to acknowledge God, and not to be wise in our own understanding. And if we do so, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Proverbs 3 and verse 8. God knows what is best for us. And as we learn to distrust our own reasoning and learn to trust God and his ways, there will be refreshing and healing. The flesh and its understanding cannot bring this to us. Only the life of Christ and his wisdom can bring this refreshing and healing. The Christian life is not based on human reason and human effort. To live the Christian life God intends for us, we've got to turn from the flesh and its understanding and, and to the Lord and to trust the Lord and His ways. The life God intends us to live is a life that is directed, inspired, and enabled by Christ and His Spirit in us. And we can only live this life if we learn to die to the flesh, its ways, and its understanding. We have a tremendous privilege to know the presence of Christ in our lives. His Holy Spirit is more than willing to lead us if we will only understand and come to accept fully, without reservation, that no good thing dwells in our flesh. And those who truly believe this and truly apply it, acknowledge Christ and seek his heart and experience the refreshing and healing that this passage in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 8 promises. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. The great excitement and the great power of the Christian life is not found in the human flesh, sinful and stained, deceitful above all things. It is found in the person of Jesus Christ who lives within us, his wisdom, his strength. And as long as we are trusting our flesh instead of trusting him, as long as we are seeking our insight and guidance through the flesh and not by his spirit, we will always be failing in our Christian life. May God give to us the grace to mistrust the flesh, to realize that nothing good 
dwells in our flesh and instead to turn to that new life that we have received and to find it in, in it the source of our strength and wisdom and power. And only then, and only in Christ who lives within us, can we refine this refreshing in our bones and the healing of our flesh. And only then will our spiritual life have meaning and true purpose.